Hello, welcome to my podcast. This is a show in which I'm going to be asking amazing guests a really specific set of questions based on the Proust questionnaire. It's going to be so, so good. Welcome to the moment of Proust. We do touch on some dark subjects in this show. It'll be super fun, but my lawyers have asked me to tell you that if it's an issue for you, please be aware. All right, let's crack on. My name is Elliot Vaughan. I'm a record producer, wine drinker, book reader, and most of all, a person you've never heard of. Luckily for you, this podcast is not about me. It is about my amazing guest who's going to be answering the Proust questionnaire. Proust was a turn-of-the-century French novelist, essayist, critic, uh, all-round fun guy, who believed that these questions, when answered honestly, could reveal a person's true nature. So that's what I'm going to try and do. My guest this week is the phenomenal musician, singer, songwriter, creator of Pop Not Pop, uh, which you should definitely check out. It's Rooks. How are you? You okay? Hi, I'm all right. I'm a little bit warm. I can't seem to regulate my temperature today, um, which is confusing. It's the confusion of spring. It's a weird day because it's been sunny all week, Um, like hot sunny. Mm. And then I took the dog out this morning. I was like, it's not sunny anymore, but it was still really hot. I know. I was like, I'm not happy with this. I I like single weather. I like it. If it's raining, fine. Mm. I don't want it raining and cold. I don't want it raining and boiling. Hot. I just want it raining and normal. I don't <laughs> want it cloudy and boiling. It's always just, I've just like, make your mind up. But yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get through it, I'm sure. Yeah. How's, uh, how's lockdown treating you? Obviously, it dates it somewhat, but this yeah. is all happening while we're all on coronavirus lockdown. Well, I mean, that's it really, isn't it? So yeah, I'm doing all right. I've been saying kind of good days and bad days to people just because like I'm well set up to work from home, which is kind of useful but I never realized um before just how much my ability to leave the house regulates my motivation um so a lot of the time working at home having a thing like a deadline like I need to leave the house by six in order to get into central London for seven and in order to do that I have to have this finished first and now I don't have those things anymore it's taken it's been extraordinarily hard to get regularity back into my days yeah, I'm a similar thing because I work from home a lot. You know, it's probably 60-40 when the world is normal. I'll be in the studio 60% of the time and then, you know, home kind mm. of 40% of the time. So a lot of my days are as they were, but there just seems to be a thing of, you know, I would normally go out for lunch or I would do something, yeah. you know, to break up my day, which gives me kind of breaks and, and, you know, get refreshed in the afternoon. But now I'm just kind of like... <laughs> I seem to be less productive and less, like I say, less motivated to be productive. Mm. Um, even though, you know, I never went out all that often anyway, you know, evenings of like, I was going to gigs occasionally. Mm-hmm. But now that I can't, it's all I want to do. Of course. The grass is always weird, isn't greener, it? isn't it? Always. Yeah. 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 And it's like, oh, now I can't go out for two walks a day. <laughs> all I want to do is go out on two walks a day. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and the before lockdown, there'd be times I didn't go out for three days. You know, just as it happens oh yeah and now I'm like I've got to go out I've got to do it. yeah it's I was weird. looking at my diary and looking at all those you know that millennial thing of like oh we we cancelled plans and I'm secretly happy because I didn't want to do it anyway looking at yeah. cancelled dinners being like oh what I wouldn't give now Just I know yeah to go I to know, yeah. a burger dinner with 
someone I see all the time. Anywhere, <laughs> anywhere, anything. Just go go to a pub. I'll even go to a pub and have tap water as long as I'm out. Yes, in you know, in an establishment that allows people. It's it's mad, isn't it? And yeah, you know, I'm I'm kind of an introvert in in a lot of ways. You know, I I do okay on my own, and I don't mind my own company and yeah. that. But um, now Same. it's like I've never wanted to see people more. Mm. It's crazy. I think it's uh, losing. You know, with, it's losing the choice. A lot of it. I think that's what it is. Yeah, it's a lack of freedom, isn't it? Mm. Because if I if I choose to be on my own for a week, then great. But as soon as the choice is taken, it's a little bit petty, really. Oh well, if I, you know, as soon as you're told you can't do something, it's all you want to do, isn't it? It's like being a child. Yeah. But yeah. All right. So uh, thank you so much for your time for doing this. By the way, oh, it's really uh, it's really great. We we got there in the end. So I don't know how much you know about. The Proust questionnaire. I don't know how much you know about Marcel Proust, but a bit. Basically, he was a uh, novelist, essayist, critic. Critic. He was a mate. He was mates with old Oscar Wilde as well. So that kind of ilk, mm. you know, that sort of that sort of bloke. Um, and he believed that these questions that I'm about to ask you would go some way to reveal a person's true nature. Ooh. Obviously, if 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 answered honestly. Um, I will be the whole frighteningly candid with you, if you like. <laughs> yeah, great. I mean, that's the only way it works, I think. You know, some of it's going to be funny, some of it's going to be sad, some of it's going to be mm. what it is. But I think it really stimulates fascinating conversation. I think anybody who's all interested in what you do will absolutely love it. And people who aren't will get interested in what you do. So I think it's a really cool thing to do. Smashing. So we're going to dive straight in. If that's okay. Yep. What is your idea of perfect happiness? Orgasm. Next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, easy. Orgasm with someone you're truly, deeply, madly into. Yep. Yeah. Great. That was really easy. Yep. I was going to be like, elaborate, you know, when was the last time? But I'm not going to do that for that. That's very delicate. I usually, you. Well I usually ask for stories um, based on said happiness, but I think we'll, we'll dodge that one this time. Fair. Uh, what is your greatest fear? Becoming physically incapacitated in some way. Okay. Mm. Is that based on experience of seeing it? Is it based on just... Mm. just a fear you've got well, that's kind of innate it's or not is it- a rational thing uh because rationally i know that creativity is endless and that there's plenty of wildly brilliant and creative people out there and have always been who have lost a sense or a limb and their creativity evolved or even increased according to their new circumstances so my mm. rational brain knows this and knows that there isn't anything really to be scared about. Yeah. But it's just that loss of control, yeah. I think, over some aspect of how I express yeah. myself yeah. because I so enjoy the way that I express myself and I'm such a holistic person. I don't think that's a strange fear. I don't think it's all that irrational. I understand that, you know, life changing situations like that can often become catalysts for even better things. Yeah. But I think, yeah. you know, for someone like myself, um, I'd be really afraid of something like that happening to me. And I know I'd mm. probably figure out a way to overcome it. Mm-hmm. But initially, it's like, pfft, you know, it's a horrible thing to think about. Yeah, it's the shock of it, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, um, does it rule your life in 
you know, do you take less risks or is it just one of those things you think, oh, I wish, I hope that never happens to me. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not always there. It's not always kind of a constant hum. Well, I mean, it's, it's not a constant hum, but it is there. Right, I mean, okay. I'm aware that I don't, I probably wouldn't say that I take less risks. If anything, I'm a little bit reckless. But <laughs> um, but honestly, it's more like whenever I'm ill or and I've I've had like a couple of bouts in my life when I've been seriously ill. Yeah. And I'm a bear with a sore head. I just don't handle that restriction well. Mm. I am not a pleasant person to be around. I'm all over the place. I'm very I'm constantly frustrated by that. <laughs> restriction I um I broke a kidney a few years ago which I don't recommend to anyone and sorry you broke you broke it yeah I broke it I just I sex drugs and rock and rolled it to death really um I say cool it's terrible (laughs) it is terrible it's not it's literally I'm laughing now it's a good anecdote but it's no fun yeah and um so I I basically yeah I broke it and and it took about two years for my immune system to recover so that was tough and it gave me some excellent insight into, uh, in the sense that it put a, a rocket on my bum to yeah. really move forward with things. But equally it gave me, it, it did make me a tiny bit more careful thereafter. I look after myself a lot better now. Yeah. And I think sometimes we need those, um, those scares, mm. um, obviously you were being told there to stop or to slow down or whatever it was. And yeah, your body went. Fuck this. <laughs> here's a here's a brick wall. Yeah, and, and you, you're gonna have to make it through that. But you're all good now. You're better now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it 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 doesn't really work properly. I call it my Lausch kidney, um, <laughs> because it's just it's just there, yeah. just having having a good time, working sometimes. Um, just but an it means that. Now. Yeah, <laughs> one that no one can see. It's just an invisible paperweight. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but I yeah, but I drink a lot more water as a result because I have to, because I have to clean my system out regularly, really. Yeah. Well, if there's one takeaway from, from this, we could all be drinking more water, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yep. What is, this is always a revealing one, so mm. I like this one. What is the trait you like least about yourself? Hmm. I bet no one likes answering this question, do they? No. Um, and I think, you know, we don't know each other that well either. So it's <laughs> it's always a difficult one. But I like it, you know, and I think just go for it. Yeah. Why not? Okay. Uh, so when, okay, there's probably like five, but I'm going to pick one. Um, when I encounter someone who reminds me very strongly of someone I dislike or have had... Oh, am I allowed to swear, by the way? You can say whatever the fuck you want, yeah. Hey! This, it's, okay. not, it's, not, um, it's not for children. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. No, I thought not. I mean, yeah. the, the first question isn't for kids. <laughs> yeah, can I, can I swear? No, but you can talk about <laughs> orgasms all you want. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. So um, basically, if, if, someone, if I meet someone and they strongly remind me of someone who I either dislike or I've had a totally shit time with... Mm. I find it very hard to get rid of that association mm-hmm. and to try and see that person for who they actually are. Yeah. And it it's just like me projecting my baggage onto somebody. Yeah. And I know that. Um, but it's difficult, however, because sometimes what's happening is that my subconscious is spotting very subtle red flags. Yeah. And trying to warn me. And sometimes my subconscious is right. 
Sometimes, but is it wrong sometimes? Yes. <laughs> I, th- I think it's hard, isn't it? Because, you know, basically what's happening there is you're, um, you're kind of judging new people on past people's mistakes yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's a very difficult thing. But I, I kind of understand the, you know, there's a saying of it's a funny old thing to hate someone based purely on their name. And I literally have met people that, <laughs> that like you say, remind me of somebody even just distantly and you go well i think you're a bit of a prick because that guy it's like mm. i'll just pick a name i know dan so i've never met a dan i like must be a prick and that's not that's not <laughs> that's not true at all but i've been in that Poor situation yeah you know, just judged instantly yeah whereas in reality um they're probably lovely probably probably lots of lovely dans everywhere but <laughs> They're doomed because, I mean, oftentimes it's in mannerisms. That's right. the thing that gets me. It's like a very, um, it's a very instinctive thing. Sometimes someone, the way someone delivers themselves in terms of the way they're talking or the mm. way they're holding themselves or the gestures that they're making. And it just, it just triggers a, a memory of somebody else. And I'm like, oh, I'm not sure I like you. And, and I have to then try and be polite over that prejudice but I don't always manage it right uh, that is very much I, I get that is your issue I suppose isn't it because yep people aren't all that different really you know we all have the kind of similar ticks and weird traits and these little idiosyncrasies mm. um and I'm now v- trying to be very aware of my mannerisms just in case <laughs> just in case I project some hateful uh, you know oh there was a guy that talked to this handlers and I fucking hated him <laughs> Um, oh man, I talk with my hands. It's do you know bad. what I mean? It, 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 so I, I guess that is something for you to get over, isn't it? Other than yeah. you can't yeah. really blame a new person in your life for. Yeah, yeah. I work at it, but I yeah. still catch myself doing it. Right. Well, that's, I mean, that's the answer to the question, is it? You, you like that least about yourself. Um, mm. And I think, I think self awareness is kind of the point of this whole yeah. thing, really. You know, um, and I think it's relatively healthy to be able to say, well, I love myself, but I hate this, 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 and this, and I want to try and improve it. <laughs> That's good. Uh, all right. <laughs> this one will probably be a specific mannerism from what you said, but what is a trait you least <laughs> like in others? <laughs> you know when people do that, that no, I'm not, I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, I'm kidding. Okay. Uh, actually, I kind of narrowed it down to casual disregard. Okay. So when people are dismissive. Yeah. So dismissive attitudes, I find, really are the laziest, most arrogant thing. Mm-hmm. And it, it really gets up my nose. I can't, I really struggle to take people, like to have compassion and empathy for people who are dismissive. So have you got an uh, anecdote or a made-up example? A made-up example. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I mean, you must you must have this as well. Like sometimes moving around in the industry, you meet a lot of people who are quite up themselves. Oh yeah, and and a lot of the time that's that's a front. You know, you're kind of aware that essentially everyone's posturing because so much of the industry is based on relationships. Yeah, I'd and say it's status. I'd say it's ninety nine percent of it is a front. Usually, yeah, it's definitely hot there. You know, the more arrogant, usually the more insecure underneath. That's what I've found. Yeah, definitely. Um, I agree, and and so I try to 
cultivate like as much niceness as I possibly can and I try to create a nice little corner of the industry wherever possible and I'm, yeah. I've, I've, I've learned to be quite good at that and I'm now I'm I now absolutely love everybody I work with which is an amazing thing to be able to say yeah great. um but along the way I've definitely met people who because I it's interesting because I'm a producer mm-hmm. people don't normally want to um hear that right coming from a woman but okay. yeah. but they also don't want to hear about what I'm doing as an artist either because no one wants to talk to an artist because all an artist wants to do is talk about themselves yeah, that's well, like yeah. that's like the general mentality that perpetuates yeah and so I'm I'm always in like this double bind of when people say oh what do you do I'm like sometimes I just want to say guess yeah and yeah. like see what they come up with but I book, but that's partly because I've had a couple of, I remember actually one incident that stands out in my memory <laughs> from a networking event. And oh, I was. the joys of networking events. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. And I, um, I was having a chat with this bloke who said that he cultivated artists and that's what he did. Like he, he kind of gets in. I know lots of people like this. I've actually started doing it myself. Mm. Um, you kind of get in on ground level with an artist and help them to figure out what they're doing. Yeah. And uh, and then you kind of kick them out the nest, and then they they fly away and do things. Yeah. And and I was like, oh, that's very interesting. And he and he said, oh yeah. And so I asked some in- insightful questions. We had a nice chat. Yeah. He said, oh, what do you do? And I said, oh, I'm an artist. Yeah. And he literally did the equivalent of, oh, look over there, and then walked away. <laughs> oh, oh, my phone's ringing. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my mum's calling me. Yeah. yeah. That's cra- so he, he talked about himself for half an hour, and then as soon as it came to you, it was see you later. Yeah, pretty much. There's a lot of that, um, mostly at networking events, like you say, or anxiety rooms, as I call them. Um, mm. And I, I think you know, I've had experiences with, Usually, the more famous there's a there's a very famous person I worked with once who um, wouldn't wouldn't even shake my hand until he realised that I was the one that was going to be recording this thing for him. Literally, wouldn't, literally wouldn't shake my hand. Um, Jesus! Like like looked at me and just decided not to shake my hand. Um, wow! And then I and then I walked into the room and sat in front of the console. And went, okay, are we ready to go? And his demeanour changed. Um, oh. but I was like, mate, that, that, that wouldn't have been a difficult thing for you to just, you know, engage for 30 seconds. Um, that's yeah. amazing. And he was with an entourage and they were all lovely. Um, and they were all really, really nice. And that, oh, that made it worse because it's like, mm. mate, even, even if you're super awkward, you've been shown how to behave now by me <laughs> shaking hands of five other people. And yeah. ju- you know, that thing of when you first meet somebody, you're going to be working together all day. You have 30 seconds, then you start just to kind of, and it just like, purposefully would not shout man. He got a little bit better, but everything was a problem for him. Um, he was the most important person in the room and you know, he uh, obviously didn't really want to be there. But anyway, <laughs> um, that's enough of that. Which living person do you most admire and why? Cool. Um, I think I've settled on Heloise Latassier. Okay. You know who that is? I don't, so you'll have to... So they go by Christine and the Queens. Oh, uh, now I know. Now you know. <laughs> there we go. Great. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. Um, yeah, just for the past four years, she's really the only pop star who has consistently held my attention. Yeah. 
Like she puts so much passion and intellect into everything she does. Yeah. Which for like someone like me, who's like a performance oriented, sapiosexual person, like Mm -hmm. is so hot, (laughs) frankly. (laughs) Yeah. And I kind of get the feeling that she does what the fuck she wants as well, Mm. which I love in an artist because, you know, such integrity. Yeah. Uh, I think the first time I saw it was, it might have been like Jules Holland's Hootenanny or something. Mm. I think that's the first time I saw her. It might have been a couple of years ago. And it stood out so like so much. Yeah. Um, Head and shoulders above everything yeah. else that's going on right now. Yeah, it's just great art. And like I said, just seems to do what the fuck she wants, yeah. which, is, which is great. Well, I mean, the first time I saw her was the Glastonbury performance in 2016. Yeah. And actually, yeah. I think I might have seen her on Graham Norton before that. And I remember like a little light going on and thinking, oh, that's quite good. And then yeah. um, my uh, my co-producer, who's still a really good mate of mine, um, who worked on my first two records with me and basically taught me everything I know. Um, yeah. He said, you have to watch the Glastonbury performance. And I was like, all right. So I put it home after the studio and uh, and I turned it on and it just blew the doors off. Like I tried watching other stuff on Glastonbury afterwards and nothing was as good. And I was just like, who the heck is this person? Where the the fuck did she come from? And I I don't really know her history, but it just did just seem to be like, boom, out. Yep. And I was like, it's fucking great. Mm. And the fact that she's managed to, um, you know, it is, it's, it's, pretty left field it's not standard stuff you know it it, it is it is art Mm. and um the fact that it's there's a popularity to it the fact that she's getting the mainstream you know the graham norton show for god's sake it's about as safe as you can get right pretty much um i brought it's certainly very broad and suddenly she's on going you know (laughs) this is it's great and it's you know, weird is not a word a lot to use because that's not fair, but she's she's not stock, is she? No, she's, she's not. not. Stock. But I think she uses the word weird. So I don't yeah. think I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think well, that's fine. when I look at some of the artists that we idolise for the way that they push the envelope, it's yeah. it's it's Bowie, you know, it's it's Prince, it's people yeah. really fucking with your perception of what pop yeah. music should be. And I just I just don't see anybody else doing that on the pop landscape right now. Who's except except maybe FKA Twigs, maybe maybe. Yeah, well, I I had this conversation uh, with somebody the other day, and I was like, I don't know who the next Prince is, or even the next Madonna. You mm. know, Madonna's a, a shadow of herself, but if you know, if yeah. you look at what she did certainly yeah. early on, um, you know, I don't know if there is one now. Well, because I don't know if we're going to have a pop has now pop has now gone the opposite direction as to what it started out as. It started out yeah. as being rebellious. It's now mm. so constricted. It's now yeah. it now eats itself and regurgitates yeah. itself. It's it's cheeseburger like in a kind of production line type thing. Yeah. And and it's interesting actually because it reminds me of um the first time I met Imogen Heap. Um, I asked her because um, I love her. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I idolise him. Oh, she's unbelievable. She is an incredible, incredible human being. Um, yeah. But the first time I met her, I asked her because I was um, I was kind of almost finished with my first record, and there was a lot of buzz around it. And we were mm. taking it to big indies, thinking yeah. that there would be a place for it. And we were getting 
we and it really surprised like because the two guys who I work with they are they they both work for Warner Chapel like they're well positioned to have yeah. these conversations and they were just getting it sent back saying no it's not quite right and we were all surprised and basically Imogen Heap said well you can be a part of the cheeseburger factory line of pop stars if you want to yeah or you can just make what makes you happy and aim to make a, a, a good living from it. Yeah. And lo- longevity as well, yeah. you know, because the, I always tried to, to instill this into us. I'm like, if you do what you do, as opposed to trying to do something, because by the time it's, it's a thing mm. in terms of the pop world, yeah. it's too late. It's too late to get on that bandwagon anyway. That's right. So if you do what you do and keep, you know, keep your integrity, it, you might not be stratospheric for three months. Mm. But you you will get, hopefully, you know, if you're doing it right and, and, and what you're doing is good, <laughs> yeah. um, you'll, you'll have that slow build. But the slower it builds, the longer it lasts. Yeah. You know, if, 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 if you're going to be, if you if all you want it to, is to be famous, there's other ways to do that, you know. Well, there's plenty <laughs> it's, of, fla- it's, it's yeah. an easy thing. There's plenty of flashes yeah. in the pan. And um, yeah. and I mean, it's one of the things that, the, the whole thing about pop eating itself and, you know, me not really ad- wanting to adhere to that whole thing and wanting to create a better ecosystem is something I talk a lot about um in the YouTube series I'm making now which is called Pop Not Pop and um and that's about me making pop music as an artist who doesn't always like pop music and making an album on the internet in real time I'll definitely we'll talk about that a bit more later but I'll put all the links and show notes and all that because I think it's it's properly cool yeah and I you know I like I I'm a I'm a pop guy at heart in terms of you know you know good songs and melodies and hooks and all the sort of stuff that goes with pop same but but then you know like you say that rustler's burger production line um you know ready meal shit (laughs) how many fast food metaphors can we come up with (laughs) yeah it just has to have meaning for me and i think the biggest sin in in any music or any art is just to go yeah well you know nothing to pay attention to mm. you know and there's and there's rock music that does that now there's 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 every genre has its mm. kind of top tier that's kind of just shit and means nothing and it's just broad and you know mm. but i like my art to have some kind of meaning and, and, and sonically it can be anything it can be bubblegum yeah sound wise but if it if it comes from a place of depth and of you know of meaning or mm. if it if it makes me feel something or emote or whatever mm. then it's doing a job and I admire it mm. um but there's too much that isn't well actually I take I take back my initial statement about um Christine being the only one who's caught my attention I think Billie Eilish is doing a banging job yeah well I was going to bring her up because it's a that's a weird thing because she's had it's super left and and what I like about it is I listen to the album and go how oh, the fuck did they do that <laughs> And I tell you, know what I mean, yeah. which I like because I go, well, okay. And I remember it happening a while back. Do you remember that Gautier song that was number one for ages? Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, I, yeah. I was like, this is so, this is great because it's, it's. I love it when, um, you know, underdogs do well, and it's weird. And uh, Billie Eilish <laughs> is weird, and she, she is, she's dark, and you know, yeah. and the production is is cool, and it's not pop, and it has come from left field, mm. and it's massive, yeah. and I love that success story. Um, and I know there's probably more to it, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't just oh we made something in our bedroom and then we won seven Grammys. But <laughs> the fact of the matter is, it's still not, 
either aesthetically or sonically normal pop. They did and it's well, fucking great. Well, the, the ha- happily, I do have a little bit of insight because I used to work for the music technology company Rolly, and they right. worked with oh, the Seaboards. Yes, and they um, yeah. I do you want to do you want to see one? I know you can't see it yeah. on the podcast, but look. I really want one. Yeah, they're great. They are. They're good investments. Honestly, I've yeah, I've absolutely loved yeah. it. And so happily, because um, Phineas and Rolly did some work together quite early on, yeah. um, and Phineas uses Rolly gear um, and did use Rolly gear to to make parts of the production for that record. The satisfying mm. thing for me is I can listen to it and I'm like, I know how he did that. I <laughs> know. Oh, yeah. Well, that's great. You've got the insight. Um, but I mean, his stuff's great as well. Yeah. You know, he's got a. It's slightly more pop, but mm. I think his stuff's brilliant, and the production's amazing. His voice is great, his melodies are cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and I like the fact that that you know Billie Eilish is what seventeen; she met just eighteen now, mm. and um, she's she's doing stuff that's just beyond one beyond her years, but mm. just kind of completely different and completely out there. It's really brave, yeah, um, and has set the world on fire. Yeah, love it. Which is just brilliant. Love it. So. I'm I'm intrigued to see what happens next with her because I'm hoping that it that it you know she continues down the path of mm. let's let's remain weird or whatever. <laughs> I hope it doesn't become weird forever. Yeah, yeah, I hope it doesn't become a shtick or or you know get watered down or anything. But I'm sure that'll happen eventually. Oh. Third album will be uh, <laughs> Katy, Katy Perry sound along. Um, <laughs> amazing, so love that. <laughs> Can, can you imagine? Oh, sadly I can. But I hope not. I hope not. I'm crossing everything. <laughs> uh, what's next? Okay. Uh, what is your greatest extravagance? This is such a boring answer and I'm so sorry. But it's it's twofold. Um, clothes okay. and travel. Okay, I don't know if travel's an extravagance. Clothes, maybe, but travel... Well, I think it depends on your your kind of fiscal priorities, really. But, like, I will happily cut things out of my life that I need to be able to jump on a train and leave. Like, it's always been a thing for me. So, and the thing is, I'll, I'll take clothes first. So, honestly... I just feel like life's too short to dress like shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure somebody said that life's too short to look. Who's is that? Like is that like Versace or something? Maybe somebody has said life's too short to dress badly. Yeah, like that. yeah. it it sounds like something that I've just like absorbed into my kind of yeah subconscious somewhere. It's good though. Yeah, it's a good little um, quote. And and by that by dressing like shit, I just mean like it's life's too short not to wear the things you want to wear. Yeah. Um. You know, it's stuff that makes you happy, like makes you feel good. Um, I mean, today is the perfect example. It's going to be no use to your listeners whatsoever, but I will describe what I'm wearing. I'm wearing the most exciting trousers. They are forest green, dog tooth print trousers. Yeah. And I've got yeah. this kind of black jacket on that's got like these weird kind of wavy textures in. And, um, and I've got these fucking huge like platform boots on. <laughs> And it's great. Yeah. And I fucking, oh, I love clothes. I just love them. Um, and even, even when I'm in quarantine, I will, I continue to dress how I want to dress because it helps me to stay healthy in terms of my mental health and helps yeah. me stay. It, sh- it shows it's for you. You're dressing for you and not anyone else. Always, always for me. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and that was something that, that's, that's something that my dad kind of passed on to me. He's a very dapper man. And okay. uh, to the extent that when I was growing up, my um, my mates would ask if he was gay. 
Oh, that well dressed. <laughs> yeah. Wow. He's got lovely clothes. And I long to be I long to be that fashionable. <laughs> so do I. I'm still trying. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think people are Oh, you're dressed well, are you gay? I think that's the highest compliment one can receive. Pretty much. I mean, I he's he's Amazing. he's like the the kind of seventy year old equivalent of a queer eye member. He's just so wow. he's he just dresses really? so well. He just looks very well put together all the yeah. time. And um and so I, I got that from him, really. So shout out to dad. And um, and then there's travel. And yeah, I basically started traveling when I was about 22. And mm-hmm. I just, I always want to get out of the country, like usually twice a year. These days, it's for a few days rather than a few yeah. weeks, just because scheduling, that's how it works out. But I I have such, I have really bad itchy feet. Really? That, yeah, and lockdown has made it so much worse. <laughs> I bet it has. We, we we touch on on where you'd like to live later on, but mm. what's what's your, what's the favourite place you've been to in the last two years? The last two years. I don't want to ask ever because I think that'd be impossible. Probably Berlin. Love Berlin. Mm, yeah. Like I, yeah. I well, I had plans to move there next year, but. Right. I don't know if it will be happening. It depends on what happens next with, you know, the whole COVID thing. Mm. But um, yeah. but I I love that weird, weird city. Amazing. I love it. I love that you can walk down a street and there's a bakery next door to a sex shop. Yes. So you can go in and buy a slice loaf and then a gimp mask in the same, <laughs> you know, in the same three metres of, of building so space. It's so true. It's so true. I just, yeah, the... And, I love you have all these landlords on there. Yeah. Like, what what <laughs> what shops have you got in your building? Wow. I just love it. It's a, it's such a great sound. I love the juxtaposition of old and new as well. Yeah. Um, it's it's very you know, strange, and, isn't it? Because you can walk yeah. you can be walking um around quite a modern area and then you walk around the corner and it's like a house that's riddled with bullet holes from the Second World yeah. War and it's yeah. mind blowing. And I think the people are a bit like that as well. You know, there's there's like super modern, super liberal, mm. ultra kind of you know fashionable and then you've got all the older folks and then kind of the there seems to be no in between mm. it's, it's a it's a city of extremes i think yeah. in, a, in a good way uh, very really stimulative like got, some, got some friends over there actually if you move there i'll have to introduce you oh, yes, some musical do. musical pals that you could do a lot of yeah cool stuff yeah sadly i was um i was booked to play uh madam claude's and uh yeah. and that would have been this friday just gone <laughs> I know crap isn't it? i know it's fuck this fucking thing i know it's cr- crap i know Amazing. All right. Well, moving on from that, um, this question at the moment, I think everyone's got a similar answer for, Mm. but what is your current state of mind? I'm currently quite, I've got, well, I've got a lot of energy today because I had a day off yesterday and I'm trying to get better at having days off as opposed to just one of the troubling things about uh, doing a job you like and doing it from your home is that sometimes Mm. you forget to stop. And so uh, like my working day sometimes, even before the lockdown actually were like, they'd start at eight o'clock and would finish at midnight. And when you're doing what you love, it's an easy trap to fall into, but you do Mm. get exhausted and sometimes you get ill. And so. Yeah, it's not healthy. No, trying to stay healthy seems to be the thing. So, Yeah. 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 So, um, so it's, so I'm all right. I'm kind of, I'm quite energized. Um, it hasn't always been like that. There's been some, I've had, kind of some swoops of of depression which has been difficult but happily yeah. I've got a really great network around me 
who are su- super supportive and like the team that I work with for Rooks are amazing and um, right. and very literate when it comes to things like mental health. Yeah. So yeah, so they're so in the scheme of things, I'm all right. It's great that you've got people around you as well because I think that's so important and, and even if they don't necessarily 100% know how you're feeling, it's good that they, like you said, they're literate with it and they can at least take it in yeah. and talk about it. It's so important. Mm-hmm. And I think at the moment as well, there's a lot of people that are struggling more than they normally would yeah. because, again, you know, people do, and I do it as well, sometimes I'll just work through low times. Yeah. Just, just to occupy my yeah, mind. Yeah, as a coping mechanism, right? Yeah. yeah. But then if there's a day, um, you know, it, it kind of happened to me the other week where it was like, I've got nothing on today, mm-hmm. nothing that needs to be done. I'm going to go crazy if I don't create something to do. Yeah. So it, it's a kind of an unhealthy balance of, well, I need to do some work to not feel how I feel, yeah. but I also feel like shit and can't really do any work. Um, yeah. And having people around me to talk about that or just to – convince me to have time off whatever is really important it is um but i I think i think everyone's a bit apprehensive as well no one really knows what the hell's going on do they no so so i think it's just a day-to-day thing and i'm glad that today is a good one for you (laughs) yeah one day at a time the power the power of days off eh? yeah honestly (laughs) i um i i did some really silly things like i uh i made a face mask (laughs) and uh yeah did a bit of sewing and i made some belt loops for these trousers so i could wear them so there you go. Nice That's day. it. And, and it's keeping creative. And, you know, a lot of the reason for this podcast is it's something I've been thinking about doing for a long time. And I thought, well, now is the perfect time to do it. Mm. Get to talk to people I want to talk to, but also, um, you know, keep occupied yeah, and keep yeah. produ- productive and feel like, you know, there's nothing worse than going to bed feeling like you've wasted the day. Oh, God, it's so awful, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, but then I have to convince myself that sometimes a waste of day is exactly what was needed mm. because I'm running myself into the ground. And part of me thinks that maybe there'll be a little bit of a positive to come out of this whole thing of a change in society. Yeah. Of slowing down isn't a bad thing. Time off isn't a bad yeah. thing. Being, you know, allowing yourself to be ill. You know, there's a whole society of anti-sickness in certainly in the corporate world well they that's because we our society values productivity more than it values people yeah 100% and 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 also in terms of how we value people themselves we don't understand that we don't really have control I mean if, if this has shown us anything it shows us we don't have as much control over what over our productivity as we think we can or we think we do um because like all it took was a virus and all of a sudden everything's changed well that's every listener thoroughly depressed (laughs) so let's move on what do you consider to be the most overrated virtue this is controversial are you ready it is a controversial question so go on okay patience Okay, mm. explain yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like my mum then. Explain yourself. No. Um, okay, I think, okay, so the, the context of this is especially in women. Okay. Be- because like society, the way that like society treats women and people of gender minorities, they often experience this same phenomenon, is the idea of we're expected def- to defer what we yeah. want in favor of other people. 
And I've had people say this to me like, oh, you've got so much potential. Your time will come. Well, that can fuck off. Because, like, our time is now. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't yeah. start something, it doesn't happen. Yeah. So your, your your time will come. I, I mean, it doesn't come, does it? You have to. It just no. you have to bring it to. You yeah. have to make it happen. Yeah. And uh, and I, I even like put it in. Um, so I'm a, a a member of a few uh, uh, music production networks, and one of them is um, I, I run one actually, and. Right. Um, with another amazing engineer. And uh, I'm also a member of um, like a, a one that's global, the one that we runs just for the UK mm-hmm. and the EU. And right. um, and they asked on Instagram, like, can you give a, like a piece, if you give one, one piece of advice to new producers? And I just said, don't wait for anybody's permission, just start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's so much out there for women and gender minorities that's to, that's like, voices to dissuade to basically to put you off to say to bully you to say no this isn't for you this isn't for you like I got dismissed on the regular in the early stages of my career like every I I only like for every compliment I received there were like five kind of lads on the edges of my vision telling me what a fucking joke I was and and so that basically you have to you have to learn that no one is gonna give you the like Amanda Palmer who's a punk cabaret artist talks about the wand of legitimacy Mm. and like no one's gonna go and you shall go to the ball so sitting down and being patient and thinking oh someone's gonna give me a chance no nobody fucking will yeah they won't (laughs) Uh, yeah like like you say you know they're 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 sniping away anyway, hmm. so that's the same. That's the same people that are going. Oh, you know, your time will come. Well, yeah, because you ain't going to give me my time. Yeah, and so I either take it or wait forever. Yeah, and yeah. and honestly, you remember that kidney breaking story I told you? That yeah. was the thing that got me to stop waiting. Yeah, well, because you ain't got all the time in the world, and maybe you figured that out. Yep. You know, you you don't you. You might only have today. Yep. So I had a, a little epiphany uh, when yeah. I was sat on a chunk of like Roman wall in Rome um, yeah. on a holiday that I should not have been on because I was not well. Um, yeah. But I had made myself with my clutching my antibiotics. I had boarded this plane to go on holiday because it's the first holiday I'd had in years. And uh, and I was I was kind of sat there and I was like, right, two things. Number one, I'm not doing the thing that I want to do. And number mm. two, this has taught me I'm going to die at some point. Yeah. So I may and as it well. could have been fucking really soon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Could have already happened. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. You, you've you won me over with it because, you know, I, I, I like patience in people. You know, I think, <laughs> I think, I think okay. we're, in a, we're in a state of, um, you know, everyone's impatient, everyone wants no, no, no. But it's a different situation. This is not, you know, yeah. this was a, you know, we're in a throwaway society of now, 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 and I think patience could. I think patience is a virtue. I think it's a good thing. But in that in that scenario that you're talking about, I think you bang on in terms mm. of you. You can't wait forever. You can't wait for things to happen. You, no. You have to go and grab them. You have to go and make them work. And mm-hmm. you have to kind of be a little bit fuck you. This is all. This is all the time I've got. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you've you've redeemed that there. That's good. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Is it ever okay to lie? If so, what is there a story, an anecdote, or what occasion do you think it's fine? Uh, this is going to be a little bit broad, but um, the thing is, I wouldn't frame it in this way. 
in the is it over okay to lie because i think it touches on moral absolutism yeah and i'm not i'm not a fan of that okay like um fun fun fact about uh, my background i have a theology degree so i've mm. done lots of reading around this but yeah i think and the thing i've come to the conclusion of is that context is everything yeah so i would frame it that there are times when to tell the truth would cause more hurt than it is worth and times when to lie would lead to more hurt than it is worth and so i think and it kind of touches on what you were just talking about about the impatience in society because the skill of discernment is something that i believe we're severely lacking it's a wisdom that's gone out of fashion in our current society. And likewise, education about how our motivation informs our choices and colours their outcome. Mm-hmm. And we see it on social media all the time. Yep. Just people reacting to stuff, not thinking, not thinking. Yeah. And, um, and, this, and the removal of, um, the sense of removal because there's a screen in front of you and not a person. Um, yeah, lack of accountability as well, isn't there? There's yeah, just, absolutely. There yeah. Mm. I think that I think that is what this question is about. I don't think it's ever black and white. No. Um, there's always a scenario behind everything. You know, like you say, if it's hurtful to be honest to somebody, mm. ha- there's people that value their honesty and their opinions so highly mm-hmm. they don't care if it hurts people. Whereas, mm. yeah, sometimes the truth needs to be told, but a lot of times it's not worth the the pain, like you say, it's not worth the the, the bullshit that it's going to cause. Mm. Um, and I hate that. Well, I'll speak my mind, like it or not. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, well, you, I mean, you're just a cruel bastard. You're not, no, you're not, well, you're that, not honest or, or yeah. you're just a fucking knob. Well, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I like to say that I prefer discussion to debate. Because yeah. discussion is, you can offer your perspective, but there is a sense of being receptive, of being open mm-hmm. to re- receive another person's perspective, to approach that interaction with empathy or with at least a, a, an attempt at empathy. Yeah. Um, you know, because we, d- we don't get it right first time, hardly ever. But, no. um, but when people debate, that's more about, that's when people care more about being right than they do about the person they're discussing with or, or debating with. Yeah, debate debate has kind of combative connotations, doesn't it? You know, you mm. you win a debate or mm. you lose a debate. You don't you don't win a discussion. Do you, you know, and and it's like I think yeah, win a discussion. Th- Lol. Yeah, do you know what I mean? <laughs> that, that's, that's what I mean. You know, yeah. a, a debate needs to have a winner almost. It's, mm. yeah, it's an argument, whereas a discussion doesn't have to do that. It's just an open. You know, an empathy again is is another thing that I think is lacking. Yeah. Um, because it is just a case of I have I have to be right or heard. Mm. Doesn't even really matter if I'm right as long as yeah, I'm heard and, yeah. and, and can shut down the conversation. Um and no one was ever convinced by losing an argument. No. In my experience. No, no that's it. They, look they just go away annoyed thinking the same fucking thing they thought before anyway. You know? <laughs> yeah. So good. That's a good one. But, yeah, I know about your theology degree. I knew a little bit about that background. Ooh, well done. Um, <laughs> well, so someone did their homework. I think a lot of these will be interesting. And again, as we go, I think that'll come into it more. Great. This one could be a little bit more fun. What is your most overused phrase slash word? And you can swear if you want. <laughs> I swear a lot. Um, yeah. It's very normal and natural to me to swear, but it's not my 
most overused phrase. Um, I suspect that it's the word like. I mean, you're not alone in that, I don't think. <laughs> it's, I think it's generational. Um, and also, I say that because I remember my aunt, who's who's a wonderful person, um, mm. and uh, and kind of like an, another mum, but geographically located down here rather than up in the Midlands. And yeah. um, I remember her kind of swatting at me and saying, you've said like five times in the past sentence. And, uh, and she does it to my cousins as well. And so we're all just yeah. sort of du- like ducking and diving, be like, because yeah. um, most of the time she doesn't notice, but sometimes she does and she gets, and it really irritates her. So yeah. I suspect that's accurate. It's just instead of uh or um, isn't it? I think yeah. that's just generationally, it's, it's that thinking little conjunction between yeah. what you know you want to say and your brain yeah. getting interaction. I mean there's I a say couple... um a lot so do you um mm. yeah. uh, that's mine. I like listening to when French people are thinking because they say a like and yeah. <laughs> um yeah. but I mean there's probably a couple more. I say banging quite a lot. Banging. Banging. Yeah, banging is good. And um, but also everyone, everyone who like I care about, like I I love, like who is close to me, gets called sausage, effective, like affectionately all the time. Okay. Yeah. So, but it also applies to like small children and dogs. Right. Like hello sausage. <laughs> I think that's a that's a little bit Midlandsy sausage. Sausage. Yeah, because I used to hear that a lot. As I don't I don't think I've got any like because I'm not. Brummy, brummy. Hmm. I don't think I've got any. Like, I don't say Boston any of those kind of cliches. But I think sausage is a big thing yeah. around here. A lot of people say sausage for mainly babies and dogs. Yeah, and um, not not often to adults, but you know, you do you? Do you. <laughs> I, I say it to everyone. Honestly, everyone who I care about has been called sausage at some point. So like sausage and banging. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who, Amazing, loving this. Who, who, or what is the greatest love of your life? It's a really hard one. This. I had, I have a hard time with this. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. I think when you're, I think especially like unless you have a significant other who you are completely crazy about. Um, the closest thing I think I can probably come to is that I'm a hundred percent in love with my craft as yeah. a musician producer. And I don't think I could do it if I didn't love it that much because it's fucking hard. You can't, you can't. I've I've been in a situation where I didn't love it for a, for a bit, mm. and I had to stop. Yeah. Um, because the work was suffering for yeah. one, mm. which is the biggest sin. Mm. Um, you know, um, I do a lot more work with other. I know you do a lot of, of your own stuff as well, but I do more work with other people, so they're they were getting the short end of, of it because I wasn't I wasn't loving it, so I wasn't yeah, giving them the, yeah. the work they should have. Um, so their releases are suffering. But also, I just I didn't love it anymore, mm. and it's too hard to love, so I went and did something else for a couple of years, missed it, and came back to it. But I, I would probably say that, you know, music or books over a person in my life because mm. if the person in my life left, I'd still have those other things that would keep me saying well that's it really i mean Mm. i did try and do other things that's the thing i tried i really tried (laughs) really tried to um to be and do other things with my life and this was the one thing that just wouldn't go away and 
the produ- the producing part i mean the thing is i am now starting to work with other people as a producer which is really exciting but yeah, it's great. um and but it and it's stretching me in new directions which i love i really yeah. love like it's it's kind of sometimes you get into things because you love them and you then find that you you fall in love again because you find new parts of yourself that you didn't even know existed yeah and that's been my experience with production really and so that's that's been delightful uh but it but it isn't easy and i think the thing is if you don't if you don't have that love for it there's there's literally just no point it's too hard you, you won't you won't last no. i don't think because it's it is so hard mm. and it is so oftentimes soul destroying and oftentimes yeah. it is the greatest thing in the world but it's it you know and i and i'm i'm sure you're the same even from having spoken to you for this long mm. that i have such low periods with this job yeah. because it's all of me is in every piece of work I do. Yeah. So if it's, if it, if it's someone doesn't like it, if a client doesn't like it or if it's, if, if it's wrong or there's something mm. negative that feels personal, it's not, it's work and I'm sure we'll figure it out. But for three days, mm. the I'm the worst, per, I'm the worst person in the world. Mm. I, <laughs> the, the work isn't shit. I am shit yeah. as, a, as a human. Yeah. Um, and then when it's great, it's great. Um, and I'm great and everything is amazing. Mm. I'm the best producer in the world. Um, and those two things, and I don't know how I don't know how my girlfriend stay with me as long as she has because it's it's <laughs> a, a horrifying thing to deal with. Um, but because it's so all encompassing, and because it is a part of me in every song or whatever, mm. um, if I didn't love it, I don't think I could. I couldn't do it. Yeah, I'd just go and do something else for, for money. It's hard and, and, to you know, it, go it, to a job. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to extrapolate your. Um, yourself from those pieces of work it's yeah. possible i feel like as i get as i get older i'm getting better at it it's yeah because um i mean partly because i also have worked in um in visual art and that was the, that was the first thing i tried to freelance full time in and i fell smack on my ass i yeah. did not succeed as a visual artist i failed in fact and um is that because you weren't very good well, or you didn't love it enough I don't. I think it's because I didn't love it enough, but also I think it was to do with where I was putting my value and what yeah. I was putting my value in, and what I and my metric for success. And to be honest, I didn't really know what my metric was, so I was going along with other people's metric for success, and that is always very dangerous and easy yeah. to do when you're that young. Um, so that was. So I stepped away from it, and I haven't really been back. And that's that's okay. Like that's mm. fine. I feel comfortable with that um i miss it a little bit but it because music eclipsed it it kind of it it did at least give me the useful lesson of what it means to make a thing and then to that's like a piece of your soul and then to sell it yeah and then let it go yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. so get in there so the craft is the answer Mm -hmm. great the craft (laughs) when and where, and this might revert back to, mm. this might be a story we don't want to hear. Yeah. When and where, <laughs> when and where were you happiest? Um, actually, no, don't worry. It's not going to be, it's not going to be an orgasm story. Um, <laughs> yeah, not on this occasion. Um, so <laughs> it's actually, that it, that is a tricky one. I expect everyone struggles with this question, don't they? But, um, cause yes. I, I'm, I'm happier than I've ever been. Really, I can say that, realistically speaking. Um, Great. But 
there's also been some like truly awful shit along the way. Um, And so whenever I think about what it is to be happy, I think about what Billy Connolly said once actually when he, I can't remember which show it was, but he talks about what it is to be content rather than to be happy. And I, I feel more that resonates with me because happiness feels like a very obscure concept that people cash in on in ways that are quite destructive. Um, But I think, but when I think about what it means for me to be content, I have a very clear picture in my mind. And it was when I was in that kidney breaking trip to Rome. And, uh, and it was about four years ago, I think. And I was walking in the sun away from uh, the Piazza Venezia, which is um, right. just kind of by the Colosseum yep. and towards the Trevi Fountain. And I was listening on my uh, on my iPhone to a track called No Ordinary Man by a band called Salt Cathedral, who are, I think from Colombia. Oh, cool. Okay. They're amazing. I love their stuff. It's just so, it's got so much flavor. Um and salt, salt cathedral. Salt cathedral. Hence the flavour, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think yeah. of that. Well done. Um, <laughs> Thank and, you. And for the stretch of that track, like everything felt like it was where it should be, and everything was good. Yeah. And it was a really beautiful feeling. And I wasn't walking quickly. I was just strolling, yeah. and but it just felt like it was just such contentment. So. That's At that moment, everything's fine. Okay, let's do uh, let's do the next few as quick fire. Okay, cool. You know, as quick as your orgasm one was. <laughs> Out of context, that's a sentence that I want to give you a round of applause for that. <laughs> very good, very good. Uh, oh god. <laughs> uh, okay, so quick fire. Mm-hmm. First thing that comes to your head. What talent do you wish you had that you don't? Okay, I don't play a bowed instrument like a violin or a cello or anything and it annoys me every damn day. One of those? Yeah. Uh, Quick story, I had violin lessons at school when I was about 11, 12 um, and I I fucking hated it. I played piano as a kid and then I moved on to drums um, but I hated the violin, I hated the teacher but I was too scared to tell my mom and my dad and my teacher that I didn't want to do it anymore. So I left oh. my violin on the bus one, mo- one morning. And, um, no. And I don't know if I've told anyone this story. Oh. Uh, so I left my violin on the bus one morning on purpose um, and told them that it had been nicked. Um, and I was too sad to go back to lessons. Um, <laughs> too traumatic. So wow. I'm afraid we'll have That's... to not have lessons anymore. And everyone was really sympathetic. But in reality, I just hated it and didn't want to do it anymore that's and i was quite, too scared to quit that's quite an amazing scheme for a kid to come up with yeah kind of a bit evil but <laughs> um wow. i don't know what happened to the violin well i'm sure some bus conductor somewhere just had an absolute blast taking it home and teaching and letting their kid play around with it and yeah the, like, the, the next vanessa may now because i let maybe i did a good thing for the maybe. world maybe there's an incredible violinist um Another funny story. There's a there's a another Elliot Vaughan uh, is a musician in Canada and he plays violin and viola. And no, he's amazing, like string arranger. Are you sure he's not you, but in a parallel universe? Well, that's the thing because it's spelt the same, huh. and and like 
the way I spell Elliot is different to how most people would. It's two L's, one T. Most people put two T's. Mm-hmm. Um, he spells it the same. He sometimes gets PayPal money for me every, every occasionally, you know, with the, <laughs> with the emails. Um, and he's lovely and sends it over. Um, but yeah, that could have been. That's the Elliot, that's the parallel universe of the Elliot that didn't leave his violin on the bus. I will never have that problem. Isn't it? No one else has my name. No. no. Well, yeah, that's good. And you're easy to Google in that scenario. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, and so I, I kind of feel like maybe that's, you know, the sliding doors film where, well. you know, there's the different realities. So I think maybe he's in his in his reality or in that reality, mm. I didn't leave it on the bus. I carried on, eventually moved to uh, Canada. Yeah. F- maybe for love, I don't know. And um, and became this hotshot string arranger and composer. That is that is a film script waiting to happen right there. Isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> and I also want to do work with him just so that it can say, you know, produced and mixed by Elliot Vaughan or strings by Elliot Vaughan. Elliot Vaughan, yeah, why not? Because it wouldn't be a lie, would it? No, and quite a novelty. I've completely killed the quickfire aspect you of this, did. sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, this one's probably quite hard quickfire, but if you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? I'd like to have 2020 vision. How bad are your eyes? Minus 5.25. I'm quite blind. Wow. And I have been since childhood and it sucks. It really sucks. That's a good one. That's yeah. A good one. Thank you. It's bad for you, but it's a good answer. <laughs> um, for the purposes of this podcast, it is good. Yeah, it's great content. <laughs> uh, what do you consider your greatest achievement? That I'm finally doing what I want to do that I'm finally making projects, all of which feel uh, quite risky and fresh and exciting. And um, and like Pop Not Pop in particular um, covers so much because it's, I don't think anyone's doing it right now, yeah. like except me, <laughs> which yeah. is to be able to like make a, an album on the internet and document the process, but also have the demonstration every other week of the production development element is yeah it's it's Mm. like the funnest idea i've ever had i think it's perfect answer that's the perfect answer if reincarnation is real which Mm. isn't but if it was what or whom would you come back as a very beloved house cat it's almost the same answer as everyone else gives. I'm not trying really? to say that you're... It's yeah, just, I just think it's the right it's, answer, isn't, isn't it? I'd isn't say it, dog, but... Uh, but just being able to loll in the sun and not give a fuck and <laughs> not great. worry about sunburn. And yeah. yeah, that's what I want. The thing is, if you're a, a, a house cat or a really happy dog, most of these answers, like what is your idea of perfect happiness? What I'm doing right now is the answer for a dog. Yeah. When, when you come in the door, it's the answer for the dog. What yeah. is your greatest fear? You not being in the room. What is a trait you least like about yourself? I love everything. That, like, that when you're an animal of that ilk, <laughs> all the answers are like, well, everything's great. Now, you see, not to poke a hole in this, but <laughs> to poke a hole in this. Um, yeah. The difference, I think, being is that, bear in mind, I actually quite like both cats and dogs. I'm an unusual specimen at that point. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but the thing is, I always, I love dogs, but I always think, oh, you've got a bit of a codependency complex going on there, haven't you? Oh, they're completely, yeah. They, I mean, our dog is worried if I go to the toilet for longer than 30 oh. seconds what are you doing what are you doing and it's going to be so much worse now because we're both at home all the time right um, so that's a worry yeah but it's, but I've never known someone or something so happy mm. when I come in a room I mean the easily pleased element is something that money can't buy it's great mm. 
Whereas I feel with cats, they're a little bit. It's almost like they don't. They're like Daria. Do you remember Daria? So yes. Like, they don't give yeah. a fuck. They're they're so cool. It's just like yeah, I could live with that. I could live without you. Whereas my dog is like, if you went, my life would be over. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Whereas I get the cat's it. like, if you if you leave, don't really care. Someone else will <laughs> someone else will feed me, or I'll eat you. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm with you on that. They've got great lives in different ways, haven't they? There's like a thing that I haven't seen yet, but someone pointed out to me that's called Don't Fuck With Cats. That... Oh, it's a Netflix thing, isn't it, right? Yeah, I'm a bit scared to watch it. Yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. No, especially because I'm quite fond of cats. And and I appreciate their standoffishness because it means that I don't have to invest quite as heavily in them. Yeah, and they're honest, aren't they? Mm, yeah. They're like, you know what, I don't need you. If yeah. you're around, fine. If you're not, <laughs> fine. <laughs> What does it say about me? Don't know. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> no. It's it's a good answer. It's um, a lot of people say a cat or a dog or mm. you know something of that ilk. I just yeah. think it's a great great life. Yeah. Uh, if you could live anywhere, I think it's going to be hard for you. If you could live anywhere, where would it be? Paris, but I can't afford it. Okay, that's good. Really good answer. This is the last. We'll do this last quick fire, and then we'll okay into discussions. What is your most treasured possession? My mother's engagement ring. It's got like a deep blue sapphire instead of a diamond, but I don't wear it anymore because oh. I'm scared that I'll lose it. Mm. I think it's, um, yeah, most treasured possessions are like that. Oh, it's a guitar <laughs> that I'll never play yeah. or whatever. What do you value most in friends' relationships? Okay. Empathy and a radically silly sense of humour. Great. Like you won't survive knowing me. If or or want to be my friend for very long, unless yeah. you have a good balance of those two things, and I look for the same things in the people I date, the people I I'm in relationships with. Yeah. Um, if you can't be because si- I spend a good portion of my time being silly, I'm a fucking clown, <laughs> and it carries over into everything I do. No matter how serious and mysterious I want to be as an artiste, yeah. I always end yeah. up just being like, yeah. So yeah, it's important. Uh, I can't imagine a life with someone that lacks a sense of humour or certainly isn't similar to mine. Um, it would kill me. I'd just be like, oh, God, you're boring. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I- like, I, I, I am aware that, like, my power, my charm is my ability to just yeah. laugh and not give a fuck. And yeah. it's gotten me, and I have dated women who are wildly more attractive than myself. And I know that's the reason why. And it's fine. I'm totally at peace with it. I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It gives me, I think, three extra attractiveness points. Exactly. The 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 comedy side of it. Yeah. Um, otherwise, God, I'd be very lonely. Uh, <laughs> really, really good. This is my favourite question uh, <laughs> because I'm a, I'm a nerd. And Great. I always like to find out about new things mm-hmm. or talk about things I like. Yeah. Uh, who are your favourite writers? Uh, what is their best work? Evangelise. It can be books, it can be music, it can be whatever you want it to be. Well, hang on, you said, oh God, I didn't even think about music. That's really interesting. Okay, let's do the let's do the books first because, okay. because I've actually thought about those and then I can ad-lib the rest. Um, Fine. Okay, so uh, Oscar Wilde, Picture of Dorian yep. Gray. Perfect. Yeah. Oh. Except, except the... the this is going to be controversial. I'll be am- the, I'll be amazed if you say the thing that I think you're going to say. The abridged version is better. 
Oh, okay, that's interesting. All the shit where he's just basically listing. <gasps> yes, yes. There's one chapter where he just fucks it all up because all it is is fucking lists of yeah. like rubies and I, sapphires and places on and I know the Ganges the, and you're just like the, oh, yeah. God, the stop. meaning the meaning of it is that apparently you know vampires were, you know it's the riches and they were hoarders and they loved all the sparkles and I know it's kind of implying that he's possibly a vampire and that's the point of that chapter. Yeah, but it's so fucking boring and so long. Oh, Kill yeah. that bit and there's a few other in the abridged version. There's a few other chapters you don't need I love but, that you got that because I, I skip that chapter I read that book every year once a yeah. year and I skip that chapter every time <laughs> shit absolute shit yeah I mean I revisit books I mean another one is um is uh, Running Upon the Wires by Kate Tempest which is one okay. of my favourite poetry books yeah, right now it. and I've been rereading it for like a year and a half now just reading it on a loop yeah. because it's the pitch of it is so perfect in terms of what she's reaching for. It's really masterful. Um, and you can tell that everything she's provided is exactly what she wanted to put in. Mm. Not a wasted word. No, no. It's so it's so rare to find a book like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a really good one. Um, and I'll, I'll circle back to her in a bit because she crosses over into music as well. Yeah. But um, uh, Liz Gilbert's Big Magic okay. is a phenomenal book for anyone who does anything creative ever or who wants to. Mm. Um, incredibly inspiring. I haven't read it, so I'll have that as a recommendation. Yeah, yeah, do. It's Great. it's it really it's if you suffer with any kind of like hiccups or like hesitation around creativity, it's a it's a phenomenal text. Yeah. Um, uh, on the same lines, Amanda Palmer's The Art of Asking is right. an incredible, a, a brilliant book for anyone who struggles with imposter syndrome, which is everyone. Which is everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, this is the last question. I'll say this on every episode because it. I make it sound like a threat, which I don't mean to, but but how would you like to die? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bail out of this one. You watch. Okay. Holding the hand of someone I love. Oh, there you go. That's good. Like uh, have you seen Boris and Tenny, man? No. Oh yes. The sad yes. the saddest fucking ending to a film oh, ever. Oh yeah, it's like the most depressing sci fi romance, isn't it? Yeah, because isn't the premise that he it basically becomes more or to fall in love. Yeah. But then but then dies at the end. It's I'm not it's an old film, I'm not spoiling it for anyone. But they <laughs> they die together hand in hand. It's like fucking hell. So the person whose hand you're holding, are they dying with you at the same time or are they still alive? What's They're probably the... not dying with me. It's probably just me that's dying. Oh, that's very sad. No, it's how this is the thing. I They've got to live without you then. That's true, but I it doesn't have to be a romantic partner. It, oh, okay, fine. It's just somebody okay. I love, just because it's it's one of these things where, like, holding onto a hand of someone you care about or feeling them physically, it releases one. Number one, it releases relaxing chemicals into your bloodstream. Yeah, yeah. So that means that it's whatever it is, it's going to be a little bit easier that way. Um, but for two, like, I don't know. I have a, a really odd relationship with death in general because I've been yeah. and not to sound dramatic, but I've been around it quite a lot. Yeah. And um, so when I was a kid, a lot of my family passed away in rapid succession. So I went to a lot of funerals for a kid my age and uh, a lot of black clothes and I don't seem to have stopped that trend. So um, it doesn't help when you're a musician, everyone wears black. Yes, best colour, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Um, And so I, I think I'm a lot more comfortable around it than most people are and more comfortable yeah. talking about it than most people are. Yeah. And so, and obviously I've, I've run it through either like 
misadventure or like just being a fucking idiot or through um you know or through other circumstances I've 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 been close to losing my life a couple of times yeah, you've now come closer to it than a lot yeah. yeah and so and it it's not that it's not frightening it is frightening but at least it's a little bit familiar yeah so I just okay. kind of accept it's happening it's going to happen it doesn't well yeah it, it doesn't it, it doesn't matter how I choose you know, or, well, choose, that sounds a bit bleak, but, you know, like how it happens or what, yeah. how I choose to re- react or respond in the moment, it's it's coming for me in the same way that it's coming for all of us. So the yeah. only thing I can really ask is just to be holding the hand of somebody I love. Yeah, that's great. That's perfect. I think, um, you know, again, I think there's a few answers to this, but they're mostly uh, peacefully or in my sleep, or surrounded by people I love, or mm. those, you know, I've had a few heroic answers, but for the most part, I think that's a human instinct of it, it's got to happen. I want it to be as easy and mm. n- nice as possible. I, I love the heroic idea. Did someone say like slaying my foes? Or something? it was uh, it was actually saving a cat from a burning building. <laughs> <laughs> and and I was very I was very narcissistic in my response saying. That's all well and good, but I would want to know how I, I would want to hear all the praise afterwards. Yeah. So that's I think that's the creative. Maybe that was performer pre- in me. Maybe that was preparing for the idea of reincarnation. If they hoped to come back as a cat, that it would give them yeah. karma to be able to do it. <laughs> Maybe, but uh, most people, you know, I think again, it's a human thing of just wanting to be as peaceful and mm. as as happy as possible at that moment. <laughs> Right, lovely answer. Okay, that's our questions. That's, that's, that's a wrap. That was amazing. Do you want to talk about anything that you've got going on? Do you want to plug anything? Now is your chance. Yeah, go on then. Um, so I have two excellent EPs that you can currently find anywhere that you stream or download things. The first one's called The Game in the River and the second one's called Liminal. Um, cool. And they're both very different, but they're as far as I'm concerned, the bee's knees. So they're both, they're both great. I'll say that for you. Wee, thank you. So it's uh, good. Yeah, yeah. There's um, basically, I am a bit of a content machine. I churn out content. So if you're stuck indoors, just go onto any of my platforms and you will find a wealth of stuff to keep you occupied. Um, nice. I'm also, as I've mentioned before, making a YouTube and, and now Instagram, we've added it to Instagram, a series called Pop Not Pop. And um, exploring my relationship with pop music and also documenting week by week the uh, creation of my first full length album um, as yeah, as a pop writer. So that's enormous fun and gives you a lot of insight into me as just a the entertaining weirdo that I am. Yeah. But also (laughs) be I don't actually talk about my songs on stage a lot when I'm performing. But so this gives you a lot of insight into the stories behind the songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I tell them as best I can without giving away too much. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so there's a lot of good, good shit there. We're, we're about to drop episode 11. So there's plenty online already. And we're going, right. we're going to 26 episodes. So there's loads to consume. And then uh, also, if anyone enjoys anything that I do and wants to be a part of the little band of people that help me to formulate my projects and have influence over how they are shaped, 
Then I have a Patreon. And it's basically more like a focus group, like a large focus group. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, so good to do it. people yeah. chip in monthly and I talk to them about what I'm doing. They get a lot of exclusives. They get a lot of discounts. They get a lot of good right. shit. And yeah. I'll have links to all of this stuff in the in the podcast notes anyway. Yay! But um cool. know, if people want to visit, but that's great. Great. Amazing. Well, uh I think that's a wrap. Thank you so much for your time. No problem. That was cool, Elliot. Have a good evening. And that is the show. So good. Thank you for listening and spending your precious free time with us. Please leave us a review on Spotify, on iTunes. Click like, click subscribe. Come and say hello on Instagram at Moment of Proust. And more next week. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>